Well, good afternoon. It's Thursday, and here we go with a great day for talk radio. Did Danny say that? 10 degrees, it's going down overnight? Man, oh man, this is where the leaves start to turn. Of course, it's seasonal, so it's not like it's a big surprise or anything, but uh, I just hate it because you get frost delays on a golf course, and you can't get out till about 11 o'clock in the morning. That doesn't do me any good because i got to be here. Mind you, today was pretty much taken up in front of the tube. i got to be totally honest. I have not watched this much reality TV in half an adult lifetime as I did today. And when I say reality TV, I'm talking, of course, this testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee and uh, Christine Blasey Ford. She went earlier in the day. And uh, now you got Kavanaugh ranting and raving. I mean, it's just compelling as hell. I got to be, you know, (laughs) what does Ice Road Truckers or the Kardashians do after this display? I mean, you can't get any better and uh, more engaging than this. You just can't look away. You can't look away. You're looking and you're listening and you're saying, man, I mean, how emotionally wrought are these people? And I mean, there's no put on. This is the way uh, it's being played out. And of course, (laughs) well, we'll have to decide the court of public opinion. It looks like the he said, she said will come down to credibility. And she went first, uh, Ms. Blasey Ford, earlier today. And, you know, everybody, all the punditry were saying, well, you know, there was nothing that discredited her at all. Then you got Kavanaugh coming by later in the afternoon. And, I mean, he was totally choked up and tearing and uh, all the rest. As a matter of fact, uh, he went on the full throttle offensive right off the hop. He says that the delay in these hearings has only created time for the proceedings to devolve into a complete circus. After the allegation appeared, I told this committee that I wanted a hearing as soon as possible to clear my name. I demanded a hearing for the very next day. Unfortunately, it took the committee 10 days to get to this hearing. In those 10 long days, As was predictable, and as I predicted, my family and my name have been totally and permanently destroyed. Whoa. All right. Like a a punch to the solar plexus right there. But now you've got to contrast this again in case you missed it. I mean, everything needs to be contextualized. So earlier in the day, as I say, uh, Christine Blasey Ford, Professor Ford, she described the alleged attack. Brett groped me and tried to take off my clothes. He had a hard time because he was very inebriated and because I was wearing a one-piece bathing suit underneath my clothing. I believed he was going to rape me. I tried to yell for help. When I did, Brett put his hand over my mouth to stop me from yelling. This is what terrified me the most and has had the most lasting impact on my life. It was hard for me to breathe. And I thought that Brett was accidentally going to kill me. Well, there you go. So this is the seesaw. You kind of whipsawed back and forth going, man, he said, she said. But what they're saying in each event is equally compelling. And I don't know if it uh, becomes a wash at the end of things. One discredits the other. But to go on with Ms. Ford, she says she was too afraid to tell anybody about the alleged attack 36 years ago. I did not want to tell my parents that I, at age 15, was in a house without any parents present, drinking beer with boys. I convinced myself that because Brett did not rape me, I should just move on and just pretend that it didn't happen. All right, Kavanaugh, he came back on this whole issue of her having uh, determined a narrative, uh, whether in her own mind or it actually happened, he 
discounted all of that saying never happened never boy and uh he kept a journal of things that he was doing back in the summer of 82 and uh he also brought up the sworn testimony against penalty of perjury by people who have submitted uh, that they didn't know her uh and never went to such a party so on and so forth and Kavanaugh again couched it in terms that uh, he says make it clear to him that certain people will stop at nothing to prevent his appointment to the Supreme Court. Is it any surprise that people have been willing to do anything to make any physical threat against my family, to send any violent email to my wife, to make any kind of allegation against me and against my friends, to blow me up and take me down? Well, there you go. And uh, it continues. As a matter of fact, there was the uh, the Republicans had hired somebody who's, uh, I guess she's uh, an interrogator when it comes to matters of sexual abuse. And she does it in a rather genteel fashion. It's uh, not overly condemnatory, but rather just trying to elicit information. She's working on Kavanaugh now. She did on Blasey Ford earlier in the morning. And some people were critical because they didn't think she was being uh, assertive enough. But she did close her own statement in the first half of this testimony by saying, uh, and this was kind of the last salvo uh, with Ms. Blasey Ford, saying, you uh, understand that this is not the way we usually conduct these interviews, like five-minute increments, and then we have a senator interrupt and they make a statement. That's kind of the format of this. And uh, there's been a lot of politicking, needless to say, at least in the earlier stages. We'll see what uh, awaits with Kavanaugh. But on that matter, a lot of salacious detail coming up. I mean, Kavanaugh, again, having in his own defense asserted that he was never uh, a sexual predator. In fact, he was a virgin through high school and well into university, uh, which might have made some people uncomfortable and squirm, such are social mores today, and uh, maybe even... <laughs> cast him as uh, somewhat of a rube or even disingenuous but uh you know he went to an all-boys catholic school so perhaps in that context it's not surprising you know on the salacious detail front just to uh pivot here for a moment we're going to talk to andrew Shear at the bottom of the hour leader of the official opposition who is taking some heat from the liberals and the ndp in the house of commons during question period because on this matter that we've talked about over the last couple of days tory stafford and the horrific and gruesome details of her murder in 2009 in Woodstock, where she was kidnapped, raped, and killed, bludgeoned with a claw hammer by Terry Lynn McClintock. And this is central to the story because yesterday, Ralph Goodale, the public safety minister, stood up in the House and said, look, I can't do anything about the fact that this woman, this murderess, who's been serving life uh, with no chance of parole for 25 years, was taken from a maximum security penitentiary to medium security, a an Aboriginal healing lodge in Saskatchewan, which is where she finds herself. Now, she's domiciled in an Aboriginal healing lodge, which seemed to have, it's rather nicely appointed, I guess is the description in a nutshell. And so uh, Goodell saying, I couldn't do anything about it. It's up to Corrections Canada, and I got the commissioner looking into it. And so Justin Trudeau has been teeing off on Shear and the Conservatives, who are to uh, appoint uh continuing to bring this horrific detail of the death of Tory Stafford into this public forum. And Trudeau's upset, saying, well, you know, you've got kids in the gallery and uh, the NDP accusing Scheer at Hall of exploiting the situation. The exploitation of this little girl's death is sickening, said NDP MP Sheila Malcolmson. And uh, 
that got a rise, literally, uh, from the NDP and liberal benches. They stood up a standing ovation. We're going to ask Mr. Scheer exactly what is the point or purpose uh, and if there's anything that he believes uh, Ralph Goodale should be doing on this front because the conservatives are pressing the case that this killer should be taken out of the Aboriginal Healing Lodge and sent back to a hardcore penitentiary. Now, on this matter again, Tory Stafford's father, Rodney, says he's repulsed by the idea that his daughter's killer is receiving such gentle treatment. Like anybody who takes a vulnerable person's life, such as a child or an elderly person, handicapped, disabled, they shouldn't have the opportunity to be in a freaking healing lodge less than 10 years into a 25-year sentence. It should anger a lot of people. All right. I thought it was an Aboriginal healing lodge. Evidently, it's a freaking healing lodge. But uh, I get his anger. I'm not making light of it. But uh, man, oh, man, it's something that we've talked about the last couple of days. We'll pick up again our panel after 520. Topics worthy of discussion, as I say, at the bottom of this hour. Andrew Shear, leader of the official opposition, will come by in response to that. Now, you can see where uh, Justin Trudeau uh, may be on the wrong side of this because most people are repulsed by this thing, and for him trying to run interference and suggest, uh, you know, it's, and his own minister, nothing we can do about it, shrugging it off, I don't think that's good enough. I'm sorry. Uh, there has to be greater accountability, and we'll find out uh, how Mr. Shear feels about that specifically. Uh, the other thing, of course, Justin is uh, not looking too impressive on the world stage these days. <laughs> you, may, <laughs> you, may, you may recall uh, he was... Brushed off by Donald Trump at the United Nations the other day, and Donald Trump told a reporter why he rejected Justin Trudeau's request for a meeting. Did you reject a one-on-one meeting with the Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau? Yeah, I did. Why? Because his tariffs are too high, and he doesn't seem to want to move, and I've told him, forget about it. And frankly, we're thinking about just taxing cars coming in from Canada. That's the mother load. That's the big one. Uh, We're very unhappy with the negotiations and the negotiating style of Canada. Uh, we don't like their representative very much. Ouch, that's got to hurt. We don't like their representative very much. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, you know, Trump is uh, nothing if not unabashed and uh, straightforward when it comes to these kinds of things. He doesn't couch it in diplomatic language <laughs> or other such niceties. So there you have it. We're uh, up against it because Trump, <laughs> it's not a personality fit. And that does count a lot with a Donald Trump type of ego and personality. But Justin Trudeau is, I guess, hanging on when uh, marijuana is legalized, recreational pot, October seventeenth. Uh, October seventeenth. Uh, you know they're going to be singing hosannas to his name and uh, for moving this forward. Although there's still some peccadillos, I guess, and little uh, details to be ironed out. Not least of which are uh, enforcement and uh, if the police forces, in fact, are ready for what may be a deluge of impairment. Oh, by the way, on the police forces themselves, did you read this out of Vancouver, where the Vancouver cops, they actually sat down and tried to come up with a policy. And uh, I guess somebody in the department, maybe the chief, uh, he had suggested a 24-hour pre-shift abstinence period. So you're not smoking, like pilots, you know, and athletes, uh, you know, you got to not take pot. Well, Olympic athletes, I think, uh, what is it? You got about six months, a three month, three month window anyway. Sure, with all the testing that goes on. For sure. Yeah. Remember that was a story of our snowboarder in two thousand two. I think it was Ross Rebliati, or maybe it was even prior to that, where uh, he said it was sort of he was in. I think it was an Aboriginal healing lodge, and it sort of uh, got <laughs> it was, into his his it was pores. Atmospheric. It was it vicariously. Was at, yeah, yeah, and that's what happened. That's why he tested positive, and that was the excuse that he'd given. So these uh, Vancouver cops now, the new rule will be. Uh, It simply states officers must arrive to work, quote, fit for duty. 
Well, there you go. Well, yeah, but what does that mean? I mean, this, see, this is the general <laughs> definition. Stoned. That's a general <laughs> defi- definition of impairment. <gasps> you, you, your judgment is wrong about your own comportment. So you think you're showing up fit for duty, and you're not. So that's the point I'm trying to make here. So we'll see if, in fact, uh, this is something that other police forces, our own men and women in blue, what about pilots showing up fit for duty? Show up fit for duty. Looks like it's time once again to say a thing that need not be said. Well, <laughs> Show up fit to work. But that's it. You're asking for a self-assessment, self-appraisal. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fit. What, nothing wrong with me. You know, I mean, look, you can say the same for somebody who's drunk. They're good enough to drive home. How many times in the cops pull them over and they blow three times the limit? <laughs> You're not fit to drive. So I'm just saying, if this is based somehow on a self-assessment, we could be in, a, in for a world of hurt. But then again, you know, this whole legalization of pot, it's uh, changing the landscape. Get ready for it, kids. It's what? Now I'm looking at September 27th. Do the math. It's about three weeks out. That's what it is. And uh, I think some people are getting a running head start. But still in all, here in Ontario, there is new legislation being proposed that will uh, allow for marijuana to be smoked in the same place as cigarettes. That don't mean in cars or boats that are being operated. That can get you a fine of anywhere from 1000 to $5,000 upon conviction. Vic Fideli will join us. He's the Minister of Finance after 5 o'clock. And he'll speak to this, the whole rigmarole surrounding pot. But Caroline Mulroney, who's, of course, the Attorney General, explains how licensing would work under the Conservatives' legislation. Our legislation will introduce a robust licensing framework that will be overseen by the Alcohol and Gaming Commission of Ontario, the AGCO. This licensing framework would not be capped and would be driven by a formal application process administered by the AGCO. All right, it's going to be like cigarette retailing. So there you go. The more the merrier, they say, they'd like to set up a competitive environment, which is a radical departure from what we got under the Liberals because I was going to be done under the rubric of the LCBO model and government workers. I think there are a lot of people who are suggesting that uh, this is going to be the model that will bring or keep prices down Now, will it curb black marketeering? I think everything will mean that it's just like liquor. You've got to have it stamped and approved by the authorities before you can actually put it up for purchase. And probably like cigarettes, uh, anybody under 19, it's a no-go. And it'll be under opaque packaging, which will get some resistance, I think, from the industry because they want to start branding and selling caps and shirts and things like that, you know, that talk about the quality of their Hindu Kush and all the rest of that stuff. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. That is something we will address after 5 o'clock with Minister Fideli, Andrew Shear, the leader of the official opposition. At the bottom of the hour, we've got our panel coming by, topics worthy of discussion, and a whole lot more on a great day for talk radio. But I did want to pick up, as one of the talking points right off the hop here, in case you're paying attention to this whole uh, she said, he said thing coming out of the United States. Have you watched it? If you have, maybe you can proffer an opinion here uh who's made the better case to this point who's more compelling who do you believe or does it fit uh into a confirmation bias kind of thing if you were inclined to believe her then of course she must have buttressed her case for your narrative and conversely for him or if you went into it with an open mind how do you see it right now i'm going to open the lines on that note just to find out how you feel about it quickly i wanted to sample take a sounding of the water and find out what the folks feel about that. So uh, away we go, Thursday edition of the Oakley Show. And uh, on these matters, who do you tend to believe, Kavanaugh or Christine Blasey Ford? 870-6400 is the number to call. 
Star 640 on cell.